0: AJ Products, we're dedicated to delivering intelligent solutions tailored for your business needs. Specializing in warehouse and project planning, we bring efficiency and sustainability to the forefront. To elevate your business, visit ajproducts.ie. In January, something
1: happened in mid-air that heaped more misery on Boeing, one of the world's Two major passenger airline manufacturers.
2: Terror at 16,000 feet. Cabin panel of a 737 MAX 9 jet blew off during an Alaska Airlines flight. With enough force to slam the captain's head into a display 26 rows away. The people I spoke with tonight say they will never sit next to an airplane window again.
1: Now details are emerging about how the accident happened. And the findings don't look good for a company that only recently faced scrutiny for much more serious failures.
0: The company has really suffered a quality problem
2: ever since 2019 in the first 737 MAX crashes.
0: New evidence begins to show a connection between Sunday's airplane crash in Ethiopia and the Lion air crash five months earlier. You've got a system that's just broken and the company admits it.
1: This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today... What's going on at Boeing? And should passengers be worried? I speak to the Irish journalist who helped expose Boeing's failures. Seattle, on the west coast of America, is the home of Boeing, a gigantic company, the world's second biggest airplane manufacturer. That's why the Seattle Times has an aerospace reporter. And that person is you, Dominic Gates. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Now, you've been covering Boeing for two decades. In 2020, you and your team won a Pulitzer Prize for your coverage of the scandal that engulfed Boeing when two of its new 737 MAX planes crashed. And we're going to talk about all that later. But first, we must briefly address the fact that you're Irish. Where are you from and how did you end up covering Boeing for The Seattle Times? I'm from
2: Tyrone. I'm from Dungannon in County Tyrone. And uh, went to college in Belfast at Queen's. My former life, I was an Irishman, and a <laughs> mathematics teacher teaching in the convent grammar school in Maharafield. Then, at at one point, I took a contract with an Irish government overseas development organisation. It was called APSO, Agency for Personal Service Overseas. I think it doesn't exist anymore. But I went to teach in Zimbabwe, and I met the woman who's now my wife there. <laughs> She was a a young American freelance journalist traveling around Africa, writing with a little mobile typewriter she'd bought in Africa and filing for American papers. And that was like the most romantic thing I'd ever come across. So after I finished my contract, I came to America with the ambition of becoming a writer. And I freelanced for a few years and entered my, for my first newspaper job as the Boeing reporter <laughs> at the Seattle Times.
1: you said that you're the Boeing reporter. I mean, how big a deal is Boeing in your part of the world? It's just incredibly important. It's
2: actually important to the United States, but it's important to the Pacific Northwest and Seattle very specifically because the company was founded here just over a hundred years ago. Bill Boeing chose to build here because of the all the trees because the planes were made of wood and cloth. So generations of people have grown up working for Boeing. The thing that makes it so important, I mean, now Seattle has diversified. It used to be a sort of one company town. Now we've got Amazon. We've got Microsoft. The town's coming down with tech bros. But what what makes Boeing so important is they've got every strata of society working for them from executives who are millionaires engineers designing airplanes white-collar guys and blue-collar guys just building the planes so this is one of the few places left in america blue-collar people can earn really really good middle-class american incomes amazon doesn't offer that it's hugely important to the economy here and to the whole sense of ourselves, the pride, you know, Boeing's name is known all over the world. You called it the second largest airplane company, and that's true. But until very recently, it was number one. <laughs> until five years ago, it was number one. And five years ago is when those crashes happened. And it's been so bad ever since. Such bad news for Boeing. They've really sunk relative to Airbus. Boeing. An Airbus. Two aviation giants locked in a deep, years-long battle to secure airlines' orders for their aircraft.
0: For Boeing, it was relatively bleak, as they saw deliveries slip considerably. For Airbus, they delivered almost double of Boeing.
1: We're talking to you today because of the latest crisis that's hit Boeing. But far more serious were those two crashes in 2018 and 2019. 346 people were killed and, you know, obviously many more lives were impacted forever. You were at the forefront of uncovering what went on inside Boeing before those crashes. Many, many different kinds of failures. It was huge news at the time. Can you remind us what happened there and what your reporting uncovered?
2: It was Evident just literally a week after the first crash that there was something very, very different about what had happened. Because unfortunately, it's true that 737s and other airplanes have crashed with loss of life elsewhere in the world, usually in some third world country with an airline that's not very good, in terrible weather and a very old plane. And it doesn't get a lot of publicity when that happens, even when 100 people die. But a week after this crash, which was a new airplane four months out of the factory in perfect weather, a week later, Boeing issued a bulletin to, to all the airlines operating Max's informing them that there was a system on the plane that could force the nose down automatically and telling pilots that if it kicked in, how they should handle it. And so they offered some instructions to pilots about if this were to happen, this is what you do to get out of it. But that was like a huge red flag. I mean, when I saw that and every other aerospace reporter in the world, it just meant, oh, my God, there, there was something wrong with the plane. It wasn't, this was not normal. And so that immediately triggered investigation by me and, and, and lots of other people. Basically, it was a design error. This was a flight control system that was new for the MAX. They hadn't told anybody, basically, and they had designed it poorly. I remember talking to a source within the FAA who was telling me, well, we didn't know about this. A manager came in the day after Boeing's announcement naming this system. It was called MCAS, Maneuvering Characteristics Aug- Augmentation System. What a horrible name. Only a few people within the FAA had ever heard of it. None of them were flagged that it was anything important because Boeing played it down. Boeing deliberately tried to convince everyone that this system was not a significant change. And the reason they did so was for business reasons. Their main customer was Southwest Airlines. And Boeing actually promised Southwest that uh, you'll be able to Transition pilots from the old model to the max with one hour's training on an iPad. And by the way, if the FAA makes us do simulator training in the end, we will give you a million dollars per airplane refund. That was in the contract. So there were all these forces on Boeing telling Boeing, we have to minimize any change. To the outside world, this has to look like almost the same plane as the old model. Unfortunately, it wasn't. The system was very different. The pilots on the Indonesian plane had no idea what was happening. The system automatically pushed the, the plane's nose down 27 times. The pilot pulled it back up manually using little thumb switches on the, on the yoke, struggling every time before he was overwhelmed and and the plane went into the sea. And then, as it turned out, Even worse, you know, Boeing gave these instructions after that crash, telling pilots, oh, this system exists. And if it ever should kick in, this is what you should do. The instructions were wholly inadequate. Four months later in Ethiopia, the same thing did kick in. The pilots this time were aware of what had happened in Indonesia. They must have panicked. They jumped immediately to the more or less the second instruction in in the list, which was hit the cutoff switches and cut the power to the tail, which they did. But Boeing hadn't told them how important it was that before they do that, they get the plane's nose back up and get it on a level flight again. And so, unfortunately, they were nose down heading to the ground, and so they crashed too. A terrible tragedy caused by Boeing's deliberate downplaying of the significance of the changes for business reasons.
1: So could we come back to this year? Um, Can you put yourself in the passenger seat of Alaska Airlines flight 1282 last month? You're buckled in, the plane takes off. What would you have experienced? Well,
2: I can tell you exactly because I had this the only interview with the mother of a teenage boy, a 15-year-old boy who was sitting in the window seat in row 26. The hole was the window seat of row 25. So this boy was sitting right in front of it. I interviewed her and she described the experience and this door plug blew out explosively.
1: use the expression door plug. That's sort of like it's the size of a, a door, a regular door, but it's not a door.
2: Well, look, Ryanair, for example, flies a version of the Max, which has a door there. And the reason for that is that Ryanair packs people in. And when you go over a certain number of passengers, you have to have, by the regulations, you have to have another exit door. But most airlines don't have a door there. So they plug it with this panel. And it's held in by some door stops that, that fit against pads. And when it's pressurized, they, they, they press together and it's perfectly secure. There was an incredible bang. People thought it was an explosion. This boy's seat was pulled backwards about 20 degrees towards the hole and out towards the hole. He was buckled in, luckily because they hadn't reached the cruise altitude yet. But the depressurization blew the air out of the cabin. His arms went straight up, and he was wearing a a, a sort of jacket and a T-shirt. They were both ripped off him and out into the night. And his mother sitting beside him grabbed him and hung on for dear life. And she was looking out at the black... Boyd, holding on to her son, completely terrified. And the woman, the stranger, sitting in the aisle seat on the other side of her, was grabbing the mother and trying to hold on to them. And of course, it was completely terrifying. Boeing, though, is incredibly lucky. I think there were only seven empty seats on the plane, and two of them were by that hole.
1: They were also lucky, I, I think, that people had obeyed the instructions and kept their seatbelts on. I mean, you, you know, while the the plane was taking off, you know, often people don't really obey the instructions. So they were lucky.
2: Boy's also lucky that it, it could have happened higher up when they'd been told to unbuckle or it was safe to unbuckle. People could have been walking around. The the flight attendants could have been delivering snacks. And of course, at a higher altitude, it would have been much more difficult for the pilots to to come. They got down pretty quickly. So it could have been catastrophic.
1: The fallout from that event in January was immediate. All MAX 9 planes worldwide were grounded for inspection. And an investigation was launched by the, the Federal Aviation Authority, the FAA. What did all that uncover? Were other problems found?
2: Well, you you have to understand there have been a whole series of quality lapses at Boeing before this incident. All of last year, it's, its deliveries of airplanes to customers were constantly interrupted. In April, they found that some fittings that hold the vertical tail to the fuselage were were not done properly. So they had to fix all the airplanes that had come through. They delayed deliveries for a couple of months. Then in August. They discovered some holes around the aft pressure bulkhead. Now, the aft pressure bulkhead is this sort of dome-shaped seal at the back of the passenger cabin that protects the cabin pressurization. It's a key piece, a key piece of the safety of the airplane. And some of the holes in that bulkhead had not been done properly. So once again that had to be fixed. Boeing deliveries were delayed for another couple of months. And then in December, they found a problem with bolts on the rudder that weren't properly fixed, and they have to be fixed. So there's this whole series of quality lapses. And each time Boeing would say, not an immediate safety of flight issue, but we're going to fix it. Suddenly on January 5th, with that Alaska plane, they could no longer say, not an immediate safety of flight issue. This was an immediate safety of flight issue. And so the FAA uh, responded very quickly.
1: What did the, they find was the problem about the, that door plug? What, what was the, the crux of the issue there? There are four retaining bolts.
2: that that
1: they, They're not
2: actually holding the door as such. The door is held by the pressure from inside the plane, inside the cabin, pressing the stop fittings against the stop pads. And there are four retaining bolts that stop it moving upwards. If they're in, it can't move upwards and it can't come out. Uh, The preliminary report this week from the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, confirmed what I had uh, told readers last week, Boeing mechanics had taken the door plug out in order to fix some rivets that weren't on the door plug but adjacent to it on the airframe, and then they put it back and they didn't put the bolts in. This plane was delivered to Alaska in October 31st on Halloween, and ever since then, it's been flying, and probably with repeated landings and takeoffs, it was Vibr- vibrations caused this door plug to work its way up gradually until on January 5th it was the door stops were were barely against the, the stop pads and it was primed a blow.
1: So it seems as if from what you described there that very basic proper procedures were not followed. Um why?
2: Well it's the recent history of Boeing that's the problem here. They they have cut so many corners for cost cutting they have put so much pressure on their factory people to keep to schedule to to work faster to get to get the planes out and not enough attention to quality but you know it's it's very sad because boeing was known for quality i mean boeing was was known for its engineering prowess designing great airplanes and making great airplanes and so frankly, the last five years since those two crashes, there's been nothing but bad news from Boeing. And then COVID hit them. And COVID has had a terrible effect on the aviation industry because so many, they, they laid a lot of people off. They let people go. Lots of people retired. The number of experienced people who left the industry, who left Boeing, mechanics and veterans who've been there 30 years and really know their jobs, The impact of that has been enormous. They've been hiring like crazy since then, but what we're getting is a lot of inexperienced people coming in, and it takes time to learn these skills. It takes time to learn the importance of what they're doing. So suddenly Boeing has this enormous crisis now. Um, They've lost reputation. They've lost public confidence, and so they're doing what they can now to revamp their quality control processes but it's it's a very difficult job because of course they've got so many suppliers it's not just boeing's own factories seven final assembly factories that have to be perfect in what they do but all the suppliers downstream as well so very difficult problem and a real crisis for the company
1: coming up the future for boeing and should passengers be worried
0: at AJ Products, we're dedicated to delivering intelligent solutions tailored exclusively for your business needs, spanning offices, warehouses, industries, workshops, schools, and public spaces. Specializing in warehouse and project planning, we bring efficiency and sustainability to the forefront. Our offerings include versatile storage solutions and comprehensive office project design and implementation. With over forty-five years of experience, we stay as your trusted partner in smart B2B solutions. To explore all we have to offer, visit ajproducts.ie and elevate your business with AJ Products.
1: Dominic Gates, your job is to report on Boeing. Uh, you explained how big it is in Seattle and how big it is in America, how important it is. And that means then that the US government has a really big interest in it doing well. And, well selling more aircraft than airbus its european french rival does the faa uh, feel the pressure then to help and not hinder this american giant
2: they did and and that's a lot of what contributed to the crashes 5 years ago congress demanded that the faa delegate to boeing the oversight in other words, instead of FAA inspectors coming into the factories to oversee the work of making the airplanes, the job was given to Boeing. And there were a dedicated group within Boeing of engineers paid by Boeing, but ostensibly working on behalf of the FAA. And it got to the, the extent that the FAA itself was doing mostly paperwork. And in fact, this has been something that's just been happening for decades, and uh, Congress has pushed it more and more to self regulation the crashes changed that dramatically
1: and and quickly did it change that quickly was it a, a sort of an automatic gear change there
2: well the faa of course started paying attention right away it took until the end of 2020 before congress passed new legislation that changed the direction completely reverse direction and made the faa much more uh, responsible for its for the oversight And since then, we have to say that the the FAA has been very diligent and they've slowed down certification. So, for example, Boeing has a new airplane in the works. It's called the 777X, a new version of the 777. Certification, typically before those crashes, took one year. It looks like 777X is going to take five to eight years to be certified, not one year. So, yes, things have changed. The FAA is now paying a lot more attention But now it's 2024, and we've had this incident happen on the Alaska flight. All the attention, because of the previous crashes, was on the FAA certification process for new airplanes. Now, suddenly, we see oh, there's a whole other aspect of FAA oversight that that we didn't pay attention to, which is building them in the factory. And immediately, the FAA is again being criticized. And so it's jumping and it started an investigation. It's sending inspectors into the factory uh, where they build the max and into the suppliers where they build the max. Uh, so now we're getting another level of scrutiny and another le- level of review of the way things are working.
1: You talked there about repercussions. Can we talk about accountability? Uh, your report about the crashes revealed some you know, really shocking stuff about how boeing put airplane sales ahead of safety that's that's pretty much much in a nutshell in particular um you 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 wrote about the two employees whose job it was to sell the new aircraft to airlines around the world and leaked emails between them showed how they bragged about convincing airlines to not seek any training on the new system one of them said I just Jedi mind tricked these fools in reference to one of the airlines whose new 737 later crashed. Now, one of those two men was prosecuted for his role, but he was acquitted. And Boeing's CEO at the time has stepped down. But no senior Boeing executives were punished in any way. Has Boeing been held properly accountable I- in your view? And If not, is that part of the reason we're here again?
2: Well, first of all, I'll agree totally. Boeing has not been held accountable for for what happened with the crashes. Yes, it was pretty shocking what those two technical pilots, the exchanges between them, the way they were misleading customers, the way they persuaded them. They didn't need simulator training for their pilots. It was pretty disgusting that he was actually doing that with Lion Air. Lion Air was the airline that crashed. The Lion Air asked for its pilots to have simulator training, and this guy convinced them they didn't need it. He was acquitted. Boeing got what's called a deferred prosecution agreement, which meant that they were not going to be indicted as a company, uh, provided they made some changes, which they agreed to. And that deferred prosecution agreement, very strangely, because it's not normally necessary, had a paragraph in it that said that senior management wasn't responsible because they didn't know about this, and and so it actually explicitly let off the senior people. But to me, what's really important—it's not so much that any individual would be would be blamed. What is important is to know why it happened exactly. How was it that that design flaw was missed? What was said inside those design meetings? There's a whole lack of transparency. Boeing has hidden the guilty that if there were people who were responsible for making certain decisions that caused this, but even just the decisions themselves, we don't know what they are. So the lack of transparency is bad. And and what I feel myself is that You know, when something like this, something terrible happens with terrible consequences, yeah, you can move on if you accept full responsibility and you explain what happened and you explain the error and you take responsibility for it, then you can move on. But if you don't do that, I don't see how things get better. And then in this latest incident, so here we are again, and now this time it's not a design flaw. This time it's factory uh, quality control. And again, they're making apologies, but we need to see exactly what's going wrong. And and we need to find out why this is happening so often.
1: Well, we talked earlier about the competition between Boeing and Airbus. Um, Airbus is on top right now. It's number one. And it appears to have none of the legacy issues that Boeing has to deal with. So with all this going on, is Boeing in trouble?
2: Oh, yeah. Boeing's in huge trouble. It's been the worst five years of news in Boeing's history, I would say. I mean, there have been very difficult times in Boeing's history over over the decades. But, uh, you know, this has been relentlessly bad news for five years. Two crashes, the 787 problems that caused it not to be able to be delivered covid paralyzing the whole industry and now this and you know if there were one if there's just one more incident like the Alaska incident it could be the, the max could be grounded again indefinitely that that's how close Boeing is to an existential crisis but it is one of the two great aerospace companies in the world, and it has to recover here. It has to fix itself. There's clearly a culture problem. There's clearly a a problem with loss of manpower, loss of workers with experience, and they've got to take it slowly and and fix it. And at the moment, they're saying that's what they'll do. We'll have to we, we'll have to see that they, they've got to a pretty tough job convincing the public.
1: Well, here in Ireland, Boeing makes up the fleet of Ryanair. Uh, the fleet comprises lots of 737 MAX 8s. The company has ordered lots of uh, MAX 10s. Now, Ryanair's safety record is excellent, but people flying in those planes and hearing all this, you know, they may be wondering, do I have anything to worry about? Should they be worried?
2: Well, Tomorrow, I'm flying to Boston, and I'm flying on Alaska Airlines, and I'm flying on a MAX 9. With regard to the design flaws that caused the crashes, those were fixed. That cannot happen again, that scenario. The MAX is a safe design. I'm not worried about the door plug happening again, because all those have been inspected, and there's no way that can be missed again. But of course... As as we've discussed, there've been a lot of quality lapses, so it does bring a question mark in your mind. I've just got to think now, I mean, basically, because of my position, people and all that I've written, people often ask me, well, is the Mac safe? Would you fly on it? And my answer has always been, it is safe now. And yes, I will fly on it. And as I said, I am flying on it tomorrow.
1: Well, look, safe flying tomorrow, Dominic, and thanks very much for joining us on In The News. Uh, Delighted to talk with you. Thanks very much. That's it for today. For more on this story, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. And thanks to today's guest, Dominic Gates of The Seattle Times. This podcast was produced by Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow.